One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. The Record Book. Hello everybody and welcome to this latest edition of the Game Day Record Book Podcast. I'm Danny Kelly. Regular downloaders and listeners will know the basic uh, format is that we're going to talk about who's done well, who's done badly in the Premier League. But of course, um, and in, in theory, it's all going to add up to one massive uh, sort of conglomeration of what's happened in the football season to be presented to one lucky person in the form of a written book. It's never going to happen like that. Um, and of course, it's not helped by the fact that just like this introduction, the show goes off on its own strange little places. So hero, villain, performance of the week, worst performance of the week, and a lot of stuff in between. I'm Danny Kelly. Alongside me in the studio today, I'm delighted to say, returning, um, not despite, but because of um, public delight, uh, Mark Smith, comedian and broadcaster, <laughs> and Mark, yeah. as I understand it, the man who forced Greta Thunberg to change her name to Sharon or something in the last didn't, few days. Wasn't forced. Wasn't forced. And I didn't bring this up, by the way. No. Our producer brought You're this up. You're too modest, aren't you? It's far too modest to yeah. bring up the fact that it went viral and I'm an online sensation and should be respected 1. at last. 1.2 million retweets of his original tweet. Just <laughs> That's fantastic. That's not true. That's and not true. And she, <laughs> uh, with a great sense of humour, Greta, previously well hidden, let's be fair to say, mm-hmm. um, has actually changed her Twitter handle accordingly. Um, no such uh, achievements this week uh, for our other guest, though he has rather more kudos on the football pitch itself than myself and Mark, uh, David Conley. I won't go through all his previous clubs because I don't want to be hoarse by the end of it. Let's just say Republic of Ireland striker. Pick one club that you enjoy playing for. Oh, um, Southampton. Did you hate all the others? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did actually buy my daughter Greta's book and she threw it away in disgust. Oh, um, what? Yes, I don't know. But I don't know if the kids really like her did that much. Did she recycle it? Mine she... Doesn't... Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's a, it's a generational thing. At Christmas, I had my um, uh, sort of teenage uh, nieces were in the house and uh, some part of the house, I think it might have been a stove. They said, you realise in 20 years' time that will be frowned upon. I said, you realise in 20 years' time I won't care. <laughs> um, there we are, the, the truth. Oh, the little hard faces, truth. They're little faces. Um, they're, uh, their favourite uncle, maybe not making it 20 years' time. We'll see. Denied twice by the woodwork in the first half. He's not denied with ten minutes to go. Here come United. Matters ball over the top. One matter finds Marcus Rashford. And Marcus Rashford's 200th Man United appearance culminates in yet another goal for the red-hot England youngster. Who's your Hero of the Week nominee? Uh, David, I'll let you start because uh, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Yes, well, there's quite a few I think there could be this week, but surely there's only one for me, and that's got to be... I just mentioned the club, Southampton. Um, It's got to be Ralph Hasenhull. I mean, what a transformation. His team 
press and strangle opponents a bit like his tracksuit bottoms because they are the <laughs> tightest yeah. I've ever seen. Since Max Wall, I'm saying, yep. yeah, that, that's one for the teenagers, by the way. Yeah, um, what's, who's Max Wall? Max Wall um, preceded you on the boards as uh, Britain's greatest uh, stand-up comedian. Max Wall? Uh, yep, indeed. Look him up. Absolute okay. genius. But he, well, part of his shtick was that he wore extraordinarily black and tight tights on right. stage. Um, he looked like a kind of comedic version of Richard III. I'm really, this is all going over your head. Isn't it? <laughs> absolutely going over your head. I've heard look of Richard up, III. <laughs> look up Max Wall now. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yes, he's got the Max Wall trousers. Yes, and um, I think he's he's got all the answers as well. I mean, like, it was redemption the other day against Leicester. Obviously, they got pumped by nine, and I think everyone at that point felt that maybe that would be him done. Um, but don't you think he should have got the sack after it? Nine goal beaten at home... I think somebody has to go. We've heard how when Spurs beat Wigan by nine, that was a way, don't forget, they sacked Eric Edmund on the spot. Yeah. Um, I think nine goals, somebody's got to... To quote the, the notorious B.I.G., somebody's got to die, haven't they? So I like, I'm enjoying that quote. That's more for the kids, I think, <laughs> yeah. although maybe but, not no, anymore. Still 20 years ago. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, this has proven why you shouldn't be so trigger-happy, hasn't it? OK, they lost 9-0 at home. It was completely humiliating for everybody. Or proving why you should be so trigger-happy? Well, no, Southampton are proving why you shouldn't, because, as we say, he's gone back to Leicester there, and he's got three points. All right, Leicester scored nine against them, but they only took three points off them this season. Oh. They got the same amount of, go- uh, of, of points off each it's other. It's brilliant what they're doing. And How much of that is Hasenhutl, and how much of it is Danny Ings? Well, I think there's, obviously, there's... For me, Danny Ings, don't get me wrong, has been sensational, but I think the manager's got to carry a lot of the credit for this. Uh, because, obviously, look, when things aren't going well, he's the one that carries a can, but yeah. certainly in that international break, is a really big period for them in November because, you know, I think he went back to basics, went back to how he tried to do things previously that made him such a success at Red Bull. Um, they got a really good result at the Emirates, and, you know, from there, they had a you know, dicky result against Everton, but they've really... Their away performances, some of them have been sensational. The one against Chelsea was superb. Um, he rested Danny Ings. You talk about Danny Ings, he actually made a really good managerial decision to yeah. rest Danny Ings. When actually, a lot of managers were going, you know what, we need the points. We need the points, we're going to play. But him. they kept him fresh and made sure he could. Kept him fresh. And you look at Harry Kane pulling his hamstring, you think, well, you know what? He plays really every good minute management. every game of a 62-game season for Spurs. Yeah. One little thing about Warrington at the King Powers, I still have to call it, um, is that the before the game on the big screen, they showed the nine goals. Yes. If I was a Southampton yeah. player, yeah. I'd be going, oh, show yeah. you. Yeah. Bloody hell. Well, that, that was a bit odd, I thought. And I th- not very, in the modern parlance, classy. Absolutely agree. I mean, you were a player, David. How would that... How would that affect your performance if you well, had a team actively taking the mick like that? I mean, in in our days, say it might be something that was written in the press. You know that you would then the manager would sometimes put up on the, on the wall, wall on yeah, the wall, brilliant. and yeah, that really happened. That it? did happen. Yeah. That did happen. Yeah. So um, look, I'm sure the players. To be honest, their game plan was superb. I don't think it would have would have really affected things or changed things. I just think he's done a terrific job. The turnaround's been great. Now you mentioned it should he have been sacked. I think probably if they had football people at the top at that moment in time he might have done but the director of football is gone yeah Ross Wilson are gone Les Reed are gone so I don't think there's anyone there to really make a decision and you know I think he's got an awful lot of power there at this moment in time and you know he's turned it around good for him brilliant who's your hero of the week Actually, I want to talk about Danny Ings in another yeah, couple of seconds, purely because when he scored the winning goal, and by the way, he hit the crossbar twice, looked like a he's a top player, and he'd be on the plane to me to the Euros. When he took his top off, he revealed, yeah. actually, he's not this chiselled athlete you thought he was. In fact, still a great athlete. Yeah. 
quite a bit of a dad bod. Yeah. Big fan of that. Really big fan of that. Quite, quite, quite a noticeable one. I've got to be very careful with people in greenhouses and all that. <laughs> He's got quite a gut for a bum for modern football, hasn't he? You know what? I'm a Derby County supporter. We've got about six of them in our first team at the minute. There's nothing wrong with the, the heftier player. Well, but I was just surprised. That was all. How's yeah. Tom Huddleston these days in terms of Well, heft? think about it. We've got, we've got Tommy Huddleston. We've got Wayne Rooney now, the godfather of those guys. Yeah. We've got Jack Marriott, Chris Martin. We've got, we've got a fair yeah. few there. And it doesn't make them bad players. Let me get that absolutely straight. Well, right. we've spoken about this before in terms of if you're a certain body type when you're at a football club, whether they try and change that and, yeah. you know, affect your performance. It looks like Danny, I don't think he spends that much time in the gym, you know, however, no. he probably spends a bit more time out on the training ground practicing his finishing. And I it shows, know. right? Yeah. That's, that's all you want. Anyway, And a sorry. different body type you want to talk about next as your hero of the week? Yeah, I mean, from um, from Danny Ings to probably who is the most cut man in the division, Marcus Rashford. Just a beautiful specimen. I mean, I'm not here to talk about his body, yeah. <laughs> necessarily. Although that seems to be the road you've decided to go down. And you know what? I'll stick to it if you want me to. Yeah, fine. Uh, but- Marcus Rashford, I mean, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth. Mm. He is suddenly everything I imagined Marcus Rashford was going to be four years ago. Yeah, well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because he was sort of thrown into the team when he was 18 against Arsenal and it all just seemed to sort of happen to him. And now he's become this unbelievable athlete. He's probably their number one player. Let's assume Pogba isn't going to be coming he's fantastic. back. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he was the quickest... Uh, he's, the, he's the third quickest player in United history behind Giggs and George Best to get to 200 appearances. This season, he has scored more than uh, Tammy Abraham, Kylian Mbappe, Sancho. These are all players under 23. He's the top mm-hmm. scorer of all of those guys. I mean, Mbappe is regarded as the third best player after the regular two, Messi and Ronaldo. This, yeah. is, this is a big deal. He is someone who seems to have matured a lot in the last probably a year and a half. He signed this new contract. He's there for the long term now. And he's someone that United can legitimately base their entire club around. And not just for United, but for England as well. I totally love him. I just don't want, David, the, the Euros to come round. Harry Kane is still in traction somewhere in a hospital. Let's hope that's not the case. Um, and they stick him up front or in the middle of the attack. That's not his game, is it? No, it's not. And I mean, you know, how much has Martial coming back helped him? You know, he hasn't then had to play through the middle. Martial's taken that on. He's then moved out He doesn't wide. really want to do it either, but he's better at the... the, the Absolutely. Yeah. And look, he doesn't want his back to go. He wants to be side on or facing forward. Look, his ball striking technique is as good as Ronaldo. Similar style, it's, isn't it? It's a similar style. You can tell, obviously, he's taken a lot from him. I agree. He's an absolute legend. I think he's brilliant. What a centre forward. But also, I mean, not just physically. He's just... He is a step ahead of most people on the pitch. He sees passes that not everyone sees. He's just a very impressive guy. And he's, what is he, 21, 22 still? And you could argue that um, getting all that money they got for Romelu Lukaku, while it initially uh, bl- blocked up their goal scoring, he's actually uh, he's physically got out of the way now for the space that Marcus can run into. Yeah. He's a fantastic player. Um, my heroes of the week are two old men. Um, one of them is uh, <laughs> RIP Barry Greaves, a Norwich City fan. Who has who had so much fun watching the Canaries over the years? He died recently. Bless him. At eighty-three years of age, in his will, he left one hundred pounds for the players to have a round of drinks on his behalf. And there's a lovely picture 
on the Norwich um, Twitter feed. And of course, we're not in favour of club Twitter feeds. They're mostly full of nonsense. There's a rather lovely picture of the Norwich players, I think slightly confused, um, getting a free <laughs> drink, but they're having their drink. So hats off, really hats off to Barry Greaves. Um, he was, I say, 83, just a couple of years behind him. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, <laughs> newly re-signed by one of his former clubs. He loves doing that, uh, doesn't he? Um, AC Milan, of course. Um, he scored. Of course he scored. He's Zlatan. He has now scored, because of the quirks of his date of birth, in four separate decades at top-level football. And even for a man of your longevity and goal-scoring exploits, David, that he, he is... He's beyond talking about almost, isn't he? People, you say, you know, oh, he's a legend, uh, or he does things wrong, the rest of it. He floats above the English language, doesn't he? He's Latin. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I'd say is when he when he was joining, I'm sure there's a lot of people, probably me included, were thinking, well, is he really going to be able to do it at Milan again at this stage of his career after playing in America? And straight away, I think they got their first victory in about three or four weeks Milan um, he played the whole 90 he yeah. didn't just come on a sub and nick a goal played the whole 90 and straight away after the game the manager's saying well you know we've got to change now everything's now got to revolve around going through Zlatan and um, look he might not be that popular in Malmo I think his statue sure. has certainly <laughs> oh, seen yes, better days right. but um, he, he invested in um, a rival team um, Hammerby Hammerby their local rivals yes and also you've got to re- remember they're kind of shoehorning a 24 year old Who's, who was sensational for them last season, Pioncek, yep. for Zlatan, who's 14 years older than him, so or 11 or something Look, we, like we, that. We, but we have neither the time, nor is this the right for, forum, really, to explain how, how he does this. But I think it is worth saying, I have never seen in I mean, many, many decades of uh, Barry Greaves-style decades of watching footballs, I've never seen a player who creates his own space because of his physicality. He's so big to start with, and then he's so mobile in that circle only. Imagine if he was a shot putter. There's, a, there's an exclusion zone around him. He has space to do the things he does because you can't... It's too strong, yeah. it's too big, and he's too physical because of the kung fu and all the rest of it. He knows where to put his body. He has the time to do the things he does because nobody can, can physically... You'd almost want to mark him sometimes five foot two, get underneath his arms. He's more like a, a NBA power forward yeah. in the way that he uses the, the space around him and his physicality. He's unbelievable. And, and a good point on this is that at 38, he's still this weekend clocked up the third highest uh, speed, the third highest running speed in the division. He clocked up, uh, what was it, 32.45 kilometres an hour at 38. Yeah, he, I'm not sure he, won't, he won't have a dad bod. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely no, no, not. No. I mean, fantastic choice of heroes this weekend, everybody. Um, Ralph Hassenhutl, love saying his name, who yeah. doesn't? Um, Marcus Rashford, fantastic footballer. As Latin, of course, but he has all the awards and he will turn it down because he is um, not that sort of guy. Oh, Barry Greaves for the £100 in his will for the Norwich City players. Are you, are you, stick, are you sticking with Ralph? It's got to be Ralph, yeah. Wreck it, Ralph. He has wrecked it of late. I'm also going to go... I'm going to change my mind yeah. on Rashford um, and I'm going to go with uh, Hassenhutl. And not just because the name is fun to say. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, obviously, this is democracy, this programme, so we will have to say that your two votes for Ralph Hassenhutl makes him the hero of the week. And if you're happy with leaving an old man's dreams in tatters, <laughs> I'd have stuck with Barry Grease, but you two are indicative of the care for carelessness and heartlessness of the modern world. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, Firmino, lovely little swivel pass to Anganga and smashes it home into the net. And Tottenham for a moment switched off. Firmino took advantage, set up by Salah. He wriggled away from Tanganga, who's had an impressive start to the game so far. But Liverpool finally found a way through. Bournemouth nil, Watford one. The Nigel Pearson revival continues for the Hornets, but it's an absolute horror show for Mark Travers, the Bournemouth goalkeeper. Right then, villain of the week. Mark, you, uh, I mean, we can almost say at some stage of every programme, a referee or VAR or both will get it in the yeah. neck. You want to choose uh, one of our highly paid officials yes, to, please. for this, your villain of the week. Who's that? Uh, it's Michael Oliver. Um, he's just got too much of a dad bod. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. It's Michael Oliver. And not many people picked up on this over the weekend, but there was an incident, a very minor incident to some, in the Everton-Brighton game on Saturday where Theo Walcott was put clean through. He gets pulled back, not by the shirt, but by the shoulder. A proper pull on the shoulder. Walcott does his best to stay on his feet and he goes ahead and he doesn't score the goal and he doesn't get the penalty. And it infuriated me, Danny, because it shows again, as if we needed reminding, this is why players go down. Players get stick for this all the time. Ah, diving, falling to the ground too easily. They don't get awarded the penalty unless they hit the deck. Walcott was trying to do the best thing there and he's been penalised for being too honest. And it really, really annoyed me. And I think this, de- this decision was a-, a microcosm of what we see in football all the time. And it's indicative of this, this rule that they won't give you anything unless you hit the deck, which means that players will dive. And you're not going to wipe out diving unless you get rid of that rule. But you can't go down if you've been pulled by the shoulder. That's not the sort of... Unless you're doing 100 miles an hour and it's a completely obvious pull, you won't... You won't you, you're not, it's not natural to fall to the ground. But how many times do we see it happen, though? Player get pulled on, pulled on the shoulder. And also, Danny, it wasn't yeah. just a little pull. It was a proper... It really, it's, a, it's a real forceful shove. And if he goes down, it's 100% a penalty all day long. Why didn't VAR give it then? I've no idea, but I mean, you're going to start being the. the, Uh, the You start saying that the the VAR is the one to look out for. That they're they're truthful and honest. They got the Aubameyang thing right this weekend. Yeah, they did, but you know, a a, a stop clock is right twice a day. David, um, ever been pulled by the shoulder and thrown, hurled yourself to the ground? Oh, many times, yeah, (laughs) Um, and very rarely got the benefit from the referee. I've got to say. So um, that. Well, I don't, I don't quite know. Um, but some people are very. Let's not call it diving. Some people are very successful at getting the penalties they want. Wilfred Zaha is one of my favourite players, but man, does he get a penalty when he wants one? You're saying the referees weren't buying your stuff, David? No, they weren't. And um, I looked at the weekend. I was at, I was at Griffin Park actually, and I looked at. Watkins up top and he didn't get anything the referee gave him he was getting clattered from behind from above he was getting blocked off and the referees I don't think my my issue is referees I'm not sure they really know the game they don't know the nuances I think they can get conned and tricked and try as they might they've invariably to me get it wrong a little bit too often yeah but what happens next time do you think if you were refereeing I'm not suggesting you should but do you think if you were refereeing you'd do better in those situations I think that is what they should be looking at is former players if they were brave enough to go and become a referee because there's no doubt look a lot of times you're as a player you're thinking how have you why have you not seen that how do you not know he's blocked me off on on, on purpose have you not seen that Paul or you know whatever yeah. it may be or, there's or so stick much you in the, stick you in the VAR truck yeah absolutely well, why not I, I mean well that, that that's that makes a lot of sense um, but but uh, I say the, the because there was none of the offsides with dotted lines this weekend where the rule 
is behind the technology. Yeah. Uh, there was a handball one where I actually have to agree with the rule, but I know West Ham fans hate it. So the Obama Yang one, and I'm not, this is nothing to do with with Obama. I don't think he's a dirty player. I think he's a, he's a classic forward tackler. He does that more than you know, more games than not. He catches somebody like that. Um, but you know, it was interesting to me in that case, and we were talking about what you have to do that the Crystal Palace what would you call it, the, the whole bench, the whole technical staff didn't get on their high horse. Two years yeah. ago, they'd all been out on the pitch. Now they just wait because they know it's going it's, it's it's to happen. Yeah. The VAR is going to get this and they're going to catch it. But them. what happens next time with Walcott when he goes through, gets pulled, he's going to hit the deck and he'll be criticised for diving. That's my problem with all this, is that you're, you're erasing honesty from players. He's penalised for staying on his feet and it just, Danny, something about it really right. flipped in my mind and it appalled me. I want to get on to David's villain because I like it very much. But I'm, my own uh, nomination for villain of the week, I mean, this is pretty simple. My own Spurs team got beaten this week by Liverpool. Um, but the the absolute astonishing typhoon of stuff that goes on about Liverpool all the time now, Liv, Lee Varpool. The idea that VAR is somehow not just favouring Liverpool, but driving their astonishing start to the season... It is ridiculous. It is risible. It is bollocks, let's be honest with it. Um, it's incredible. The conspiracy theorists out there who minutely, um, and even when their own teams aren't involved, examine everything to do with Liverpool's refereeing and have come up with this. Now, Liverpool have had the thin end of some of these decisions. Well done to them. But that's because they're always on the attack. Yeah. They're bound to be getting penalties. You'll get more penalties if you're in the box all the time. And, and, and the defenders will be handing the ball more because the ball's bouncing around their blinking penalty area, especially Jose Mourinho, if you decide to play on the edge of it, like a <laughs> pinball. Um, look, let's be honest about this, and it doesn't take a, a genius to say it. And I don't care. Liverpool could collapse now and not get another point this season. They'll still be a great team. Yeah. You don't have to win this league to be a great team. They are a great team, and they are doing stuff, statistically, that we've never seen before. And we have seen prettier teams, Manchester City's team of last year and three years ago, prettier football teams. We've seen perhaps even teams as dynamic. I'm thinking about, well, I'm going back a bit here, the Kanchelskis version of Manchester United, which was unbelievably dynamic. We've seen great teams. Chelsea's team that hardly conceded a goal. Leicester's team and all the rest of it. But this is a great team, and people... There's a million reasons why they are doing this, but it isn't the VAR. Give yourselves a rest in the brain, everybody. David, you've got a villain of the week. I do have a villain of the week, and um, but but finding out who is the villain, we'll get to that because yeah. it's it's goalkeepers, sub goalkeepers, or goalkeepers who get their chance who haven't really had that much game time. So, particularly those clubs down the bottom. I'm hinting. This at, is very specific. It is. I'm hinting at West Ham. And I'm hinted at Bournemouth. So, West Ham, in a really big game against Sheffield United, uh, unfortunately, Fabianski gets injured, right? Disaster. David Martin comes in goal. Now, I don't know what David Moyes would have said to David Martin, but to me, it would have been, this is a big game for us. You know, you're coming into the fold. If in any doubt, let's just kick it long and play in their half. You know, let's not take any chances. Okay, Bournemouth, they're playing Watford. Under pressure, Watford doing great, playing out. They've got a young Mark Travers in goal, hasn't been in the side. What would you say to him as a manager? If in doubt, if it's not, don't take any chances. Let's just play in their half. Instead, David Martin tries to play out against Chef Yu. They lose possession. Look, Balbuena might have been at fault. They go and get a chance. Get a, 
get an opportunity which was never really going to happen otherwise they no. go and score they lose the game Bournemouth today trying to play out ball goes back to Travers he tries to pick out Nathan Ake Watford get onto it get a chance put it in the box they score 1-0 the game is then they're really up against it so my villain of the week is either it's with the instruction from the managers yes. or it's the sub goalies is not to play out just play percentages, particularly when you're struggling at the bottom. There's absolutely no argument with what you're saying, but there are extenuating circumstances. You're right, you're absolutely right to pick out Matteo Valbuena. No, sorry, what's the bloke's name? But the back of the Newcastle. Valbuena, yeah, yeah. yeah, quite. Um, what? Look, I, we all know we've all played in defence on Acne Marshes. We all know that when the ball comes to you facing your own goal, you still have three. The goal is about if you take the whole pitch as a circle, the goal's about four degrees. You still have. 360, 354 uh, degrees in which to clear the ball. He was like he'd had a, a recent hip operation at a second-class Bulgarian clinic. Why yeah. couldn't he just turn in any direction and kick well, that ball away? He it turned made, like the Titanic. I think that's David, what you're getting at. He made David's kick out look much worse than it was. Yep. And secondly, as regards Bournemouth putting on a teenager to play in goal um, who didn't really... Meanwhile, I see pictures of top international goalkeeper Asmir Begovic uh, signing for a club in Italy. Is he not on Bournemouth's books? Yeah, he is, yeah. What the hell's happened there? Oh, don't look at me. I'm I've got no, no, no idea. It says here, comedian and broadcaster <laughs> and person who got Greta Thunberg to change her name. Surely you know about what's happened with Asmir Begovic. He just, you know, he just lost his heart there. Uh, what what, what I don't get is, I mean, I was with my under-9 team today and you might yeah. try and say play out and all this mm. let me tell you when a kid gets the ball they just want to boot it down the other end of the pitch and I'm sure goalkeepers love whacking the leather yes, off it it's great and they've actually been denied it now, so at <laughs> times this, I think they should just kick it long and get, get rid of it now David I know this section has a, has a time limit but tell us about the adventures of your under-19 team that you managed today under-19 or under-9s 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 yeah under-9s no no oh. under-19 under-19 well it could be in the performance what of the week uh, Lionhearts right. and they showed it today go on yeah well is it there might be in the performance of the week I don't oh, know well, they? we might drop just... them in a little bit later alright let's put them in performance yeah. of the week so our villain of the week <laughs> Michael Oliver because he di- because he didn't give a penalty for a tiny pull no, on the Danny, shoulder. No, Danny. No, you're you're really devaluing what I said there. Liverpool, uh, uh, Liverpool VAR conspiracists, people who think that they've got this 104 point lead at the top of the Premier League <laughs> because somehow VAR is being wheedled to their advantage, or substitute goalkeepers not having the nous or their managers not having the nous to tell them that there are other clearances are available other than just passing it to bewildered defensive <laughs> colleagues. Nathan Aki was playing out of position as well. Absolutely. All those things yeah. The whole back four was playing out of position. I think it's the goalkeepers, myself, the villain. I don't. Good man. I think it's Michael Oliver. I'm going to stick by it because <laughs> I think this is indicative of a much wider problem and the, uh, In society. the, argument, <laughs> the argument that we have all the time about diving, it all boils down in large part to this. You shouldn't have to go down to win a free kick or a penalty. David, it's up to you. Well, um, uh, look, I'm not a, re- a fan of referees, so I'm inclined to agree. However, it's got to be the sub-goalies for me. Thank you. There we are. Our, our villain of the week, our substitute goalkeepers. You've got enough on your plate, mate. Belt it long. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. A little ball into the area, and Kevin Friend brings the 90 minutes plus to a close. And finally, Chelsea have got the home hoodoo sorted for the time being, at least. After three defeats in four here, they comfortably romp to a 3 0 win against Burnley. It's on halfway for Mane, spinning and running into opposition territory. Edge of the area is Alexander-Arnold! Oh, he's rushed it home. Absolutely lashed it across the floor into the corner. A pinpoint finish from a terrific young player. Now, we've already had a preview. It might contain an under-9s team, but it's time now for our performance of the week. Um, why don't I start this section? Just because I love a close league. In a book I wrote back in the mists of time when dinosaurs ruled the earth, with Danny Baker, we mentioned a Romanian league, which ended up with all this is a third level league, all teams were called Petrolol and Locomotive. <laughs> um, it ended up with three points covering a whole load of teams at the end of the season. Hello and welcome League Two. Um, everybody between third and seventh now, seven teams I think in total, have got 44 points. Um, that doesn't make them forms of the week, but it's worth noting. Uh, and I love that. And I love the fact that um, it's very hard even for Salford to buy their way out of the lower leagues. You have to play your way out. And that's why there's so many close games, David, and and so many so many teams end up being so close together. But a special mention this week must go for performance of the week to Swindon, who beat Crew to stay top of League One. Big deal, you might say. Well, the background story um, is a big deal. Uh, Swindon, perhaps their ascension, as I say, to the very top of that very closely fought league, was largely based on Owen Doyle, a striker um, who they got on loan from Bradford and who, in the early parts of this season, had been going a better clip than Tammy Abraham, than Sergio Aguero, indeed than Lionel Messi. 23 goals in 22 games. Unfortunately, somebody at Swindon forgot to put in no draw, no clawback clause into the contract and he's now been taken back to Bradford, where he started and didn't score, but Swindon still managed to beat Crew and are still top of that league. But it's worth mentioning Owen Doyle here just because of that goal rate. Uh, unbelievable. Um, uh, Dave, how far down the leagues did you eventually end up playing? What's the lowest you ever got to with any club? Oh, League Two. Yeah, yeah. I got down to League Two. And um, I mean, one of my performances of the week is two teams that aren't very close together. And that's Carlisle and Plymouth. Right, of course. I mean, when I say got down to it, that's, that, that sounded pejorative. It definitely isn't. I, 
I have not. I know people can't do it now because of pride. They earn so much money uh, in their top level. I loved it when players used to drift down the leagues. For a start, they uh, you got to the, other people got to see them playing really good footballers. And secondly, what were the young kids learning to play, learning from those boys who played at the top level? Yeah. It was a beautiful thing when it used to happen. And also, I th- well, everyone's different, but I think like, you only get to play once. Everyone you talk to says, keep going as long as you can. And Absolutely right. I, th- I think... There's no shame in that dropping down the leagues, you no, know. Not at all. Absolutely not. No, it just doesn't happen. I mean, we, we, of course, you're a Derby County supporter. I, I know you think they're the champions of Europe, um, but in fact, they are these days um, as, as a bottom half championship team. But you've got one of the great footballers of the last thirty years coming to play for you. Oh, I mean, it's unbelievable. I would argue this might be the biggest signing in Championship history in terms of profile. Has he played yet? Danny, he's played and he's won. Oh, yeah. He's been man of the match. He's not lost a game yet for us. Beat yeah. Palace away with him in centre midfield. And you know what about Wayne Rooney? He might not be that swashbuckling forward that we all remember. That guy went years ago. But what he is still is a real presence on the pitch and one of the best passers that I've ever seen live. He really is a good passer, yeah. Unbelievable. But all ranges you can imagine, short, long, everything. Can and he orchestrate a comeback for Derby this season? Um, I think it would be a long shot because I think... It's a very, very competitive division, as it always is. But why not? You know, but that's wh- in your favour. Absolutely, the pressure's off a little West bit. West Bromwich Albion at the very top of uh, not one in five. Mm-hmm. Leeds are Leeds. Leeds are Leeds. <laughs> and yeah. So it's, all things are possible. It's absolutely possible. Plus, we've got this new investment said to be coming in in the next week or so. So you never know. If we make a couple of loan signings, you never know. But I, you know what? I'm, I'm very the, pleased that Rooney's there. There's a part of me I want, wants to ask though. Uh, do, you've got so you've got an overweight. Englishman who's really good at passing the ball in centre midfield. Haven't you already got one of those in Tom Huddleston? <laughs> we've got loads of them. We've got, <laughs> we've got a whole team of them. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, look at Danny Ings. Bring him back into the. <laughs> I would love it if a really overweight Derby team got promoted. It'd just wouldn't be it? brilliant, wouldn't it? You amazing. did used to have Craig Ramage as well, and I played with Craig, and he was another overweight player who could yeah, play in midfield, who absolutely. could also pass the ball, and I love Craig. Well, we've, got, we've got Chris Martin as well up top. He's, yeah. he's quite a big lad, Jack Marriott. There's nothing wrong with the uh, the more heavy set gentleman. Oh, yeah, the, the, the more superbly upholstered footballer is still a But thing that's to the beauty of football. There is a space for every sort of player. I mean, you know, look, I, there I'm, really is. You'll just about be able to remember Jan Mulby playing for Liverpool, yeah. standing in the centre circle, winning football matches. I sat across him at a table at the King Power recently for, for Leicester Liverpool. It was brilliant, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And he looks very well, let me tell you. Man. Yeah. You were talking about Plymouth and Carlisle. Oh, yes, this has got to be, I think, one of. There's a few I think I could look at performances of the week mm. in, you know, the Championship, League One, League Two. I, th- I was at Brentford for. BMW acronym. Well, they've been absolutely sensational. They really have. Um, Ben Rama and Bueno, Watkins. Absolutely superb. Fantastic players. Yeah, brilliant. They've started half through the season before. Now, tired of being Brentford now. Let's be Liverpool for a while. Let's (laughs) become Liverpool, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, the the football they're playing down there is sensational. Look, it was the last West London derby as well. You can see the new stadium just going up over Griffin Park. I miss Griffin Park. I will miss Griffin Park. I used to work there when I was on BBC London in the summer. We decided we'd need to do some live sport on a Sunday afternoon. Go and watch the rugby league when it was on there. But the the ground, famously, of course, the four pubs yep. one at each yeah, corner. Yeah. But the ground itself is just redolent. For me, both of old football, but also football in London. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And of course, everything has to change. I understand. Yeah. We have to move on. I think but, they want everyone to start spending the money, not in the pubs, but in their bars, you yes, know, to earn back yeah. a few quid. But yeah. no, look, Brentford could certainly be up there of their performance against against QPR. Sunderland, they're one against Wickham. But for me, it's got to be for the fans who travel from Plymouth 
567 of them, 400 miles, six and a half hours in a car, up to Carlisle for the third away win in the road. They won 3-0, absolutely brilliant. Up to fifth, manager Ryan Lowe doing a great job. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Let me just let's try and work this out. Can, has anyone got a uh, a calculator on their phone just now? We have to go to. Yep. Right. So, how many fans went? Five hundred and sixty-seven. How many miles? Four hundred odd. And four hundred home. Yes. Yes. So it's eight hundred times five. How many miles has that? Has the, has the Plymouth fans gone? Half a million miles, very nearly. Four hundred fifty-three thousand miles. That can't be right. Yeah. Eight hundred times. Eight hundred times. Oh, I've done that wrong. Yeah. 800 <laughs> times five... How many fans? 45,000. I don't know. No. 567. Five, five, six, seven. Seven times 800. Can we edit this yeah. out? No, no. This is, this, is, this, this is the Times 800. Yes. 567 times 800. Yes. 453,000 miles. That just doesn't seem right to me. I don't <laughs> can't think you can use that right. phone. No, that can't be right. Um, <laughs> Plymouth are the biggest city never to have a Premier League team. I always yep. want to do well. Um, I remember my dad worked up and down the trains a million years ago. One day when I was about 10, and I'd only ever seen um, Spurs and Arsenal, um, so red shirts and white shirts, and he, he st- smuggled me onto the train, and I stowed away down to Plymouth, and we went to see football the next day. And the idea that a team would play in green, I remember they ran out in these green, vivid green shirts, stuck with me ever since. I want Plymouth to do well. And yes, they just can't. They just never do well. But this is a good result for Well, them. it certainly is. And, and we mentioned my little team, under-19. One of the boys is from Plymouth. And he turns up, he's got his Plymouth kit, would you believe, in the middle yeah. of south-west London. And it's great. Um, and tell us about, you, 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 you were so modest, you wouldn't tell us about... Now, look, he's got no modesty at all, Mark. He's telling us how he's changed the life of Greta Thunberg. Changed all our lives, Danny. Yeah, and I, I know it's here on my phone, which is, uh, unlike yours, is modern. Um, nearly two and a half million retweets now for your joke about <laughs> Greta. It's fantastic. 1.3 since I started mentioning it on mm. the award-winning podcast. Your team, you manage a team of under-9s. Why should they be performing to the week? Well, um, for a start, I did... Um, I did my pro license a few years ago with Craig Shakespeare. Obviously, Craig yep. won the Premier League. I'm now managing under nine team. However, you know we were five one down, and um, you know we looked dead How and buried. How long into the game were you five one down? Uh, Half time. Sounds like poor management half-time. to start. Yeah, with, I think yeah. it was. But I sat him down, Phil Brown like, and gave him the old finger, you know, little wag, and uh, give him a rocket, and not didn't really know. Put my arm around no, him, no, and um, and um, we brought it back five all. Just got the equaliser right at the death. So yeah. What did you say to them? David? Uh, I told I said, goalkeeper, when you get it, just whack it down the other end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't play out anymore. Did, you, did that? Did the fifth goal when it went in, the equaliser at 5-5, did it give you as much pleasure as, say, scoring for the Republic of Ireland? Uh, well, look, no, but it was. it's a lovely moment. Yeah. yeah, it was a lovely moment. And actually, last time we played on this same pitch, I turned up with a pair of shoes, and it's a, it's a 3G pitch. And right. they said, you're not allowed on here with those shoes. You've got to wear boots. I said, Really? Yeah, so I couldn't actually be on the pitch as the team were playing. So today... Touchline ban. To, Touchline ban, yeah. I had to go and dig out an old pair of boots and make sure I had boots on so I could actually be on the pitch. I love the arrival of all these artificial types of pitches, and I've got a reason for saying it. Um, I mean, obviously, I played football on a terrible artificial pitch when I was young, 
um, grew up in Islington. Um, there are only two football pitches in the, in the whole borough of Islington. One of those is the pitch at Arsenal, which is always at the very highest. And then there's a, a place called Market uh, Market Road the, near the Caledonian Road. There is a, uh, always was an artificial pitch, but it was one of those disgusting artificial pitches that if you fell on it, you cut yourself to ribbons. And after a while, the council neglected it, so there were large patches of just concrete underneath it. But now I love artificial pitches, and here's the reason why. When I was playing football, the best football boot on the planet, and it still is the best, it was the Puma King. Just the most amazing looking thing, a work of art. Art Deco, I mean, I can see Fat Ronaldo running around and all the rest, but I couldn't afford a pair of Puma Kings then. They were expensive then, expensive now. But because of the multiplicity of artificial pitches, you can now buy Puma King Trainer. Mm. For playing, and that's half the price of an actual football boot. And at Christmas, I treat myself to a pair, <laughs> and then I wander around the, the what can I describe the rural roads, Southern Ireland, in Puma Kings. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like a Puma King as I'm doing it. And those are all facts. Um, thank you for that very much, Who, Mark. I think you uh, you've got a very different uh, take on the performance of the week. Yes, I've gone for Reese James, and that is the uh, I guess the the new Chelsea right back. He seems to have made that position his own. Now, he's only played 10 games for Chelsea's first team, but already he looks like a real prospect, looks like someone who could challenge the, you know, the England side already. Um, uh, but but well, England are stocked. Well, this is the only problem, Danny. Is right backs. I can't remember a time where we've had in England a one position so well stocked. I mean, look down the list, you've got, okay, Rhys James, fine, but then you've got Trent, who's been one of the best players just full stop in Maybe the league one of the this best season. players in the league, yeah. Absolutely. Maybe not great defensively, but he's not tested that often, to be honest, for Liverpool. But going forward, unbelievable. Well, full-back's uh, not a defensive position anymore, is it, either? Well, not really. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, though, is good defensively, not so good going forwards. What then a it, player. If we, when, when we splice those two, some yeah. kind of graft, like trees, um, then what a player we'll have then. That'd be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Are you thinking about it? Is that your uh, next venture? Well, no, I, I used to think about cloning. There was a time when Michael, it's hard to remember now because his reputation in tatters because of his time at Newcastle. There was a time when Michael Owen, when he first got into the Liverpool team, looked like the best player in the world. And I remember writing a piece for a magazine saying, right, we've got all this cloning technology, Dolly the Sheep, all of it. Let's not mess about. Forget about the ethics. We're talking about football here. Yep. Clone Michael Owen. We, could, we have a big, big goalkeeper and 11 Michael Owens. We're winning the World Cup. No one took me up. Never even heard from the FA. No. Unbelievable. So someone's working on it somewhere. No, guaranteed. Not. Yeah, no, they no, are. They've got ethical considerations. <laughs> well, Qatar might do it. Um, so at right back, we've got Alexander Arnold. We've got Aaron Wambasaka. We've got Bruce James. We've got Kieran Trippier still, who, by the way, is still doing very well over in Spain. Carl Walker and then Max Ahrens at, at Newcastle. I mean, uh, sorry, Norwich. Are we really in a world where Carl Walker is the sixth best right back? In this is what I mean. It, it was so so well stocked. But on Saturday, Trippier Reece... has made a comeback. Don't forget. I mean, I never understood why Spurs sold him, but he was. Pretty poor in a pretty poor team last year. Champions League finals notwithstanding, yeah. Spurs were getting worse and worse as the year went on, and Kieran was dragged down by them. But uh, he was, yeah. But but Reece James, Reece James on Saturday just seemed to display so much, so composed on the ball. He played centre midfield when he was on loan last season in the Championship and looked very very composed there. He knows how to he knows how to play football. I mean that sounds obvious, but he's a right back. He can play football at a top top level. Defensively very sound. Got an assist. Got a clean sheet. It's got to be my performance of the week. It's a real nightmare when you're a, a nation who, you know, any football nation, to suddenly if you get the overlap in all in one position, isn't it? Uh, um, Ireland, we had it. Do you remember you how many on. fullbacks we used to have? Obviously, Dennis Irwin, Steve Finnan, Stephen Carr, Gary Kelly. I mean, the list was endless. 
And we got right. it now. Our, yeah. our Irish producers joining. Come over to the microphone and join in. We, we want to hear from you. What else is happening? I'm saying we've got the exact same problem as England. Only we have two good players only, and they both play right back. Aha. Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman, and Matt Doherty. Slovenia, Slovakia had the same problem. Aren't um, Jan Oblak and Hamdanovic? Yeah, right. Both been the same. They both played with the best, the two best players in the, the country's history are both goalkeepers at the same time. Uh, well, um, Scotland uh, as well. Robertson and Tierney. I guess, yeah, Robertson yeah. Tierney. Yeah, but so England's right back glut is. is so uh, they're not alone. Basically, we're saying they're no. not alone. No. So performance <laughs> of the week: Swindon without um, Owen Owen Doyle, uh, Plymouth. Um, who travelled apparently to the Sun and back in order to get, according to him, um, to get their result. Or um, Rhys James as a representative of a phalanx of genius English right-backs. David, where do you want to start? Well, I think for Swindon Town to lose Owen Doyle and still manage to obviously win 3-1, brilliant result for them, I think for me, Swindon just edge it. Um, and uh, uh, the England right back thing, Rhys James is going to be a fantastic player, bless him. And so is Max Aarons, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. Even in a, in a very, very disturbed looking Norwich team now, who've only got plan A and it's not working for them. I think we should give it to Swindon, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go for the Carlisle, uh, the Plymouth fans, sorry. Uh, all right. Well, because uh, I think that the half million miles that we think they racked yeah, up yeah. Is, uh, is unbelievable and shows and, and the football is pure and perfect still. And despite your the, your obvious fame now that you've done the most famous <laughs> tweet, in, in, well, except for one or two by the American president, up to 3.7 million now I know it's on my, on my Twitter feed there. I'm going to go with you. I think that's right. Um, because the Plymouth fans travelled to the distance to, to the Alpha Centauri and back, uh, they are our performance of the week. He's a very good footballer. Um, you know, I spoke about Wednesday night that we weren't good enough with the ball against a very good Leicester team. Um, you know, he will certainly get on the ball and, and, and improve us on the ball as well. Aston Villa won Manchester City six in front of 41,823. Three goals in 11 minutes. Mares with two and an absolute belter from Aguero. That was his 11th. Today I saw a team that was really motivated to do well. They knew how big the game was for the football club, for everyone connected with the team, but it just didn't happen. Okay, let's do our worst performance of the week. And I, I, I feel, I'll leave this one if I may. And I feel ashamed here um, because it's not fair to pick on people whose um, lives have taken a turn uh, for the worst. But let's be fair. We're not talking about somebody who's ill, thank God, or somebody who's lost their job, thank God. We're talking about um, uh, uh, football fortunes going a bit awry. Danny Drinkwater, my namesake Danny Drinkwater. There was a moment in the game... Um, between Manchester City and Aston Villa, where Riyad Mahrez did that Riyad Mahrez thing with his hips. Attention, um, uh, <laughs> uh, defenders at West Ham United. You are allowed to move your hips um, in football. And he left Danny sort of staring at him in disbelief. And my mind was cast back, of course it was, to three and a half years ago when these two were central, integral, and clearly enjoying Leicester City's astonishing, I would say super, I still think it was supernatural, uh, run to the title. And what a fork their life has taken since then. Uh, Mares, um, having cried a bit like a baby and a weed to get transferred out of Leicester, got to Manchester City and he gets picked for these sorts of games now where they're not expected to win and he's done very, very well. Danny has gone to a place where footballers must dread. He's still earning a ton of money. Um, He's in demand, you know, wanting don't want him, so he goes to Burnley, they don't want him. There's still people will take him up, Aston Villa have taken him on. But his football career has been 
static, wasted David for the last three years? Is that the yeah, word? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, if you look at his last starts, um, there's a, a synergy about them. So his last one for Burnley was when they were beaten 4-1 uh-huh. by City. His last one for Chelsea when they lost 2-0 to City in the Stopped community field. Stop playing against Manchester City is the lesson here, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? His last start for Chelsea when they lost at the Etihad in March last year. So um, I guess that was a red flag, which maybe Dean Smith didn't really see coming. No, uh, no. Maybe if I was Danny, I might have just waited another week before signing. To say you're a bit stiff. That yeah. Those results that he keeps... So Danny Drinkwater is therefore, I think, inadvertently responsible for one of the most remarkable things that currently is going on in English football. Liverpool are dominant. They haven't lost a game. They've only dropped two points. They do not have the best goal difference. As of this afternoon, or this weekend that we're talking, Manchester City's goal difference, Liverpool's still got a game in hand. That's against the mighty West Ham, by the way. Um, Liverpool's goal difference is inferior to that of Manchester City. So not only are they managing the games, they're managing the whole season now. They are, yeah. They're keeping us all at arm's length. They don't need to score a load of goals. They just get what they get and win the matches. It's per- incredible. perfect economy. It makes it makes sense that they are metronomic. They're winning games week in, week out, but only by... You know, the odd goal. And you're better off scoring six in six weeks and not conceding than you are scoring six in a day. Thanks, Sam Allardyce. That was yeah. really good talk. Thanks very much for that talk. In a nutshell, City are bullies. That's what you're saying, aren't they? They're, They're bullies. Track bullies. They, they take they, Teams that are no good, they take to pieces. Absolutely, they? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit worried about Aston Villa now because uh, quite apart from the nonsense of Jack Greenish playing up front, they, they are now looking like one of those teams that will go down. Um, you want to talk about another one of those for your bad, worst performance of the week. Yes, uh, back <laughs> yes, to... Yes, he said, looking through his notes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> back to... Uh, cut the, cut back the to, stuff out, will you? <laughs> yes, yeah, do that. Sorry, edit me down. Uh, Bournemouth, unfortunately, I've, I can't not mention them. I covered the game today for... Um, I covered the game for International um, against Watford, and I've got to say they were... Woeful. There's another word for it. Them, um, it. It really was. Uh, in a must, what was billed as a must win, Eddie Howe talking about the crowd. He needed the crowd. He needed big performances. I'm sure he, there was a couple of players there who were wrapped up and said, right, go on. I know you're not necessarily fit, Nathan Ake, etc., but get out there, do a job. It was a patched up back uh, four, that, that, that a new was, goalkeeper. That was a horrible thing to do to Nathan. Nathan Ake was played out of position, half fit. That's, yeah. He's a, I think he's a real fine footballer. But I, I just, maybe that was. I don't know whether they felt he had to put Simon Francis centre-half to deal with Dinia. I don't quite know the reason why, but it didn't work. They were really, really poor Bournemouth. And um, Eddie Howe, for once, looked he looked in real pain on the sideline. And I really like Eddie. Uh, whenever I see him out yeah. at Championship games, he's trawling every day. He's, like all managers, yeah. one of the hardest workers. They work ever so hard. But it's just not going for them at this minute in time. And I think they've conceded, what, one one win in 11, conceded 300 goals since they've been in the Premier League, uh, more than anyone else. And it doesn't look like stopping, which is a concern for Do them. Do you think they've got too many British players in that team? Well, one thing I would say is maybe it hasn't evolved that much. Maybe it hasn't evolved. Now, Eddie's going to stay there, but maybe he hasn't sort of got enough players in just to evolve that squad you look at what Fergie would do every mm-hmm. you know four or five years and Liverpool before that Liverpool exactly before that thing. yeah so maybe he hasn't quite got that right at this moment and the problem for all teams struggling at the bottom this year is they can come up with their stories about um, injuries or uh, play, you know key players things going wrong rest of it. but Sheffield United are casting such a shadow over all the other so-called unfashionable teams in the, and the rest of them, actually, in the Premier League. What Sheffield United are doing, it just makes the rest of them look like, come on, get some idea, get some fight. And the worry for how I think, would be, 
if some of those players, they're not necessarily performing well now, but even if he lost them, your Callum Wilsons of this world, your Nathan Ackes, your Ryan Frazers, what would he be left with then? Uh, that would be, if I was a Bournemouth fan, I'd, I'd be concerned. And also, if Eddie Howe's now talking as he is, that you know maybe he's going to have a look at himself. And I think that's a worry. I think you, you shouldn't be saying that. No. I think he's I think he's just got to plough on. Or by all means, do look at yourself in the privacy of yeah. the, Or even yeah. among your confederates and assistants and stuff like that. Yeah, don't make it public. And, unless it's a, a ruse. Maybe he's trying to get the board to spend some money and say, look, if, if you don't back me now and really give us a chance, I might so, have to re-evaluate. Re, I, mean, re- I can't speak for footballers, but I will. Um, <laughs> you saw with, with Pochettino, as soon as he said that if we win this Champions League, I might go. Ridiculous. As soon as you tell the players you're not 100% on the firm, yep. that's their excuse to come off, never off the gas that. as well, isn't it? Absolutely. No, no, I know. But footballers are weak, aren't they? they they're, they're weak. They're mentally weak, but by and large, compared to others. Yeah, but, po- but Poch knows yeah. that. And sh- Poch oh, should know David, that. David, I keep hearing you've got to be so mentally strong to have a career in football. Why then is confidence such a big issue for footballers? You're trained to do what you do. You should be confident all the time because nobody can shoot you. All you've got to do is play. Especially in a team sport as well. I mean, for, for, Eddie, for Eddie, what he's got to do, I guess, is look at, say, we spoke about him earlier, Hassan Hurtle, I like saying his name. Yeah. You know, Hurtle. after getting beat 9-0, he didn't chuck in the towel. I'm not saying Eddie is no, chucking no. in the towel, no. but and look at Watford with Nigel Pearson, you know, the, the upturn they've had. So, fingers uh, crossed on, you, they don't pull, well, you're, the, you're, you're, pull the trigger got, on him. You've got to work out which end of the rope you want to pull here, David, yeah. because you've got Hassan Hurtle, the board decided to keep him, and it's done well, and you've got Watford's board, I think he's the third manager this month, isn't he? But he's yep. done very, very well now. And you, and it's, I mean, it's a hugely difficult decision to make getting rid of these men. I'd be a hopeless club chairman because I'd sack them all. The second they come through the door, <laughs> I wouldn't fancy them. Are oh. those shoes orange? No, sir, you're off. Leave the keys to the car for the next fella. Come on. Um, but, but it is a real tricky one, isn't it? Sorry, were you upset that the shoes weren't orange? No, no, he was wearing orange shoes. I mean, it was a... It was a, it was a <laughs> Producer uh, Jeremy, he is wearing orange <laughs> shoes, was, yeah. I actually told him, and so were... So was Mark Webster last week. I'm told by my by Mrs. Kelly they're very very fashionable. Um, it was actually a little um, that was a, a kind of tribute to my long departed Auntie Betty, who uh, used to send men spinning when they turned up for dates in brown <laughs> shoes. She wasn't having that. No way. Um, what's your, what? <laughs> your men's body in you this week? Um, what, what, what? Your worst performance of the week involves something very close to men's bodies. It does. Yeah. Uh, my worst performance. Uh, is or are the sales figures for Jesse Lingard's um, perfume. What's it called? Not perfume. Aftershave. aftershave. Yeah. Jesse Lingard's aftershave. It's called J-Lings. Of course it is. <laughs> it's called um, what? J-Lings. Right. Which is this sort of uh, Have you this brand. It? I have not. No one has. That's the problem. No one's, no. No one's had a chance. And tell me about the sales figures. Uh, I can't tell you the exact sales figures. What I can say is this. Well, use your phone. Bug. That seems very accurate. I think half a million, <laughs> <laughs> half a million units shifted a week. Uh, it, well, it's gone from £45 to £15. That suggests not much shiftage. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. It's, it's a bit like Lingard's transfer value probably then. A little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. £15 is pretty rich, I think. Uh, but I think they're probably trying to shift it before it goes off on the shelves. So, not good for him. It's not been a great year for him. 2019, no goals, no assists. We know about that. But I suppose it's just indicative of a uh, a player who's putting his brand quite out there and showing you what he you know what he is about his I mean, clothing it, it, range it's, his... it's one of the most 21st century things I've ever heard your sentence I want to get my worst performance of the week is Jesse Lingard's absolutely. aftershave absolutely and actually Corby Town uh, took the mick a little bit uh, we saw Jordan Crawford score a hatchet for them this weekend and he did a Jay Ling celebration with his fingers and Corby Town said hey Jesse Lingard when was the last time you saw that celebration so everyone's dunking on him at the minute by the way this is all in the same week <laughs> this is all in the same week 
that um, Gwyneth Paltrow... Oh, we has... can't go there. Hold on. We're going to have to. Go Gwyneth, on. Gwyneth right. Paltrow, the same week Jesse Lingard is struggling with his sales figures, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow selling a candle yes. that smells like her... Vagina. Vagina. Yeah. And it costs £57, and it's sold out. I can't see, having said all that, and bad though Bournemouth were, and poor Danny Drinkwater, I think we don't make that the worst performance of the week. People will think we're just doing it for effect. <laughs> Come on, David. I agree. I, I'm, I'm just looking at... Um, I'm trying to find some more footballers' aftershaves. There was uh, oh, Callum Best original, but well, he wasn't no, really a footballer, footballer, was he? So that doesn't count. No. Also David original. Beckham respect. Can't recall that one either. It didn't that, fly no. off the shelves. Yeah, I, I remember the armband. Aret- 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 yeah. The Aretha Franklin was better. <laughs> also, hang on, Callum Best was called Original. I, yeah, I mean I specifically, it's specifically it's not the original Best. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but, but, any more? Uh, Ronaldo had one legacy. No, forty pounds from Boots. <laughs> no, that's quite, nice quite name, expensive. Actually, yeah. that name. I mean, obviously, Kevin Keegan started all this with Brute, and uh, I mean, I mean, Brute was a, a. I mean, it's still around, isn't it? But at the yeah. time, even then, uh, in the seventies, we all knew this was just a terrible thing. You might as well put Domestos on your face. <laughs> um, but the, even the, that was the, the the advertising campaign was himself and Henry Cooper. Did latterly James Hunt get involved? I think he probably did. And all they could say, they couldn't say it smells like. Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, they couldn't say it smells like a lovely garden. They said, splash it on all over. That was the the, the, the sales line for yeah. Brute. Splash it on all over. It's, it's simple, isn't it? Straight to the point. I like yeah. that. I like Make that. America great again. Yeah, <laughs> splash it on all over. I think we're all in agreement that uh, uh, in, in, in view of the circumstances and the language involved, that Jesse Lingard's aftershave is the worst performer of the week. And with that, and news of all um, genital flavoured products, uh, we leave you here on the Game Day Record Book podcast. I've been Danny Kelly, of course I have. Alongside me, delighted again uh, to work with David Connolly. Thank you very much, David. And Mark Smith, comedian and broadcaster, has also shone the light of his wit and intelligence into the murk of our otherwise dark proceedings. And I just noticed over seven and a half million people have now retweeted his tweet about Greta Thunberg. Congratulations. <laughs> Mark. Thanks Thank for listening. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.